Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Good morning. I'm Wynn Smith. This is Alden. Our scripture reading for today is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word, Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought life to, light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Vine community, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And I have a gift for the dads. And that gift is, this is going to be a short sermon. So um, hopefully that's just a small treat for you. Now, these past couple of weeks, we've been talking about all that's going on uh, in the world. And today we're going to talk more about just the darkness that is all around us. Martin Luther King once said, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Now, now, darkness is an interesting thing when you stop to think about it, because darkness, by definition, is the absence of light. In other words, unlike light, darkness can't be harnessed or, or powered or directed towards something. Darkness only makes its existence in the absence of light. And the thing I love about this concept is the fact that light wins every time. Light can extinguish darkness, but it's not the other way around. It means that there is no darkness powerful enough to overcome even the smallest of lights. That's why I love John's description of Jesus in those verses that Wynne just read. John says that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. Jesus is the hope that shines into the hopelessness. Jesus is the love that shines into hatred. He's the peace in the midst of conflict. He's the safety in the midst of fear. You name it. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what darkness you might be facing personally, it cannot overcome the light of Christ. That's because Jesus is the light of the world and he wins every time. He can't be conquered. Now that's a nice comforting thought for a minute, right? But heart check. Do you really believe that? Especially with all the uncertainty that we are dealing with, with the, the global pandemic, the civil unrest, um, all of our plans have changed, not to mention uh, the emotional toll this is having on us all. There is just darkness all around us. Then how does the light of Christ shine into that darkness? Where is the hope and the peace and the security that we have been promised. Jesus actually answers that question for us at the beginning of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He starts by sharing where you will find life and hope and blessedness. These are attributes of the people who will be blessed. Jesus says in the kingdom of heaven, if you are humble or been humbled, if you are mourning, if you are meek, if you've been insulted or if you've been persecuted, if you're down and out, if that's you or you've come alongside someone who is, 
then in the kingdom of heaven, you'll be blessed. But again, the question is, how? Well, Jesus jumps right into the answering the how question in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, when he says, you are the light of the world. Well, wait a minute. I thought you just said that Jesus is the light of the world. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world. And you can become the light of the world as you are lit by him. Your light originates in Jesus. You are tapped into the light source so that you can be essentially a light bulb. The Greek word for light is phos. It's the root where we get for photo or photographed. So in a way, Jesus is saying, you are a photograph of me to this dark world. And we are supposed to be a clear picture of who Jesus is. You remember those Polaroid cameras? You know, you'd hit the button, then it spits out the picture, and it's, it's dark at first, it's developing, so you start waving it to get some clarity. Develops a little bit more, but it's still fuzzy, so you wave it some more until you can see the full picture. Well, it makes me wonder if our lives are like a Polaroid picture. Are we displaying a fuzzy picture of who Jesus is? Does it need some more time to develop and be more clear? Well, the truth is, as Christians, our lives are always developing. And what a blessing it is that God is so patient with us. Well, let's keep going. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Then neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That would be silly. That would make for a bad lamp. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying here is, I am going to bless the people who mourn, who are meek or are persecuted or insulted. And here's the kicker. I'm going to do it through you. I am going to bring healing to the world through you. I am the light and you are the light bulb. Now, during this whole shelter in place um, stuff that we've been going through, a common question that we have been asked is, how does the church be the church when we can't meet together on Sundays? Jesus has just answered that question for us because church is just a term for a group of people who believe in Jesus. It's not a building and it's not a Sunday service, which means technically church has not been canceled or postponed. You can postpone an event, but not a community of people. So why did we think meeting together on Sunday mornings affected our ability to be the church in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm excited as the next person to open our doors and to be together in person for worship. But have we unintentionally convinced ourselves that being the church is something that only happens during that one hour service on Sundays? If so, I think we've got it wrong. And it's especially bad news for the people around us. And here's why. God has always had some very harsh words to say towards any of us who overvalue religion to at the expense of being good light bulbs. This, of course, includes myself. And as a pastor, I'm always at risk for this. 
I love how Eugene Peterson translates these words uh, from the prophet Amos for, the, for our day and age. Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. Wow, that is convicting, isn't it? And it begs us to ask the question, has our worship become more about our own comfort and a way for us to escape from the suffering in the world? And if so, we got to ask the question again, how does the church be the church without meeting on Sundays? Well, guess what? This is our chance. This is the Vine community's chance to figure some of this out. We've been given this break in history to wrestle with this question. I mean, here's an opportunity for us to examine the possibilities of what it might look like to move from being the expected Sunday service church to being the unexpected daily serving church. Because what is unique about the church is that the church doesn't exist for itself. It exists for the world to be present in the darkness, to be present with with grace and with mercy and with sacrificial love. And meeting together on Sunday mornings, well, that's just icing on the cake. I mean, it is life-giving, isn't it, to be in community? And, And it gives us an opportunity to invite other people out of the darkness and into the light. And it's also an opportunity for you and I just to celebrate just how good Jesus is. But our Sunday morning service, that's not our religion. And it's not even the number one thing that God wants us to do. Instead, he wants us to shine his light into the darkness, to seek justice, to encourage and to fight for the oppressed. Now, how that looks for each one of us might be different, but that's okay. There are two things I love about when Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And the first is when you consider who the original audience was that he was talking to. They were just commoners. They were down and out. They were being oppressed by the Romans. They were looking for hope. And that's who Jesus originally spoke these words, you are the light of the world. And the second is when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, is that he's talking to all of us. He doesn't just say pastors are the light of the world or theologians and church leaders and teachers and especially the smart people are the light of the world. No, he says, you are the light of the world. All of you. And I mean specifically you with your upbringing and your background, your skin color, your strengths and your weaknesses, your dreams and your baggage. He says, I am going to shine my light through you. Jesus is the light and we are a reflection of that light. 
And you might be thinking that you don't have much to offer. And, and maybe for you, it's hard to even access it. And I, I want to encourage you just to pray to God that he would fan that flame. And may we as a community be encouraging and praying for one another that the light of Christ in all of us will just shine brightly. And at the times where we feel like it is just a flicker, that we'll remember that even the tiniest bit of light shines in darkness. And that the darker the space, the brighter the light. And I don't have to tell you how dark things are in our world. Now, with this being Father's Day, I just have a brief word for the dads. The first place and the first group of people that need to see the light in each of us are our families. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, Jesus says, You are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Then neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That would be silly. That would make it for a bad lamp. Instead, they put it on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. We can all be Christians for an hour on Sundays. But again, dads, are we shining the light of Christ in our homes? Because our families need to see it first before we take it out into the world. So friends, in this moment, Jesus is calling and he's inviting each one of us to shine the light of Christ brightly. And for each of us, that might look different. But Jesus wants you. The world needs you. So let's join in with the work that God is doing. You might be thinking, well, what can I do? How can I contribute? Uh, Well, we can all start by praying. We can be praying that God will just continue to open our eyes so that we can see those who are struggling, those who are afflicted, those who are being oppressed all around us. Those around us who are experiencing darkness, um, maybe from a sense of loss or anxiety or depression or, or maybe being from being isolated and feeling lonely. We can come alongside them and, and just be present with them. Let them know that we're thinking about them. Maybe it's writing a, a letter, like literally a handwritten letter, you know, not a text or, or maybe giving a phone call and, and checking in on them. And it's not so much about offering solutions as it is to offering our presence. We can all learn to be more patient and to listen to those who are different from us. So who's going to shine the light of Christ into the darkness of this world? Apparently we are. And what does God want of his church and of those who follow Jesus? He wants justice oceans of it. He wants fairness, rivers of it. That's what he wants. So may we seek him now and in the days to come. 